I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed too. So I have like 50 different ways of saying pooping on the field, right? All right, let's go. So I'm here, I don't know. But like there is fouling the field, there's roughing the passer, there's roughing the pisser, there's turd and long, there's turd and inches, there's tinkle on the 20, and so forth. That was Dan Shackner, referee of the Puppy Bowl on Animal Planet, which will air this Sunday at 3 p.m. Now let's get back to Dan. All right, Dan, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So your big day is this weekend. What is happening? Yes, it is this weekend. It's kind of like the calm before the storm right now. I mean, I know that the weekend leading up to it is intense, but we have done so much press and preparation that once we arrive to like those couple of days before the puppy bowl, it actually gets strangely quiet. It's like uh, Santa Claus, like when he's done (laughs) delivering all the presents, you're like, all right, I've done my job. Let's see what happens. And now we kind of just... You know, the fun begins, like we go to our parties and we celebrate and we hope for good ratings. So on the off, off chance that someone listening does not know what Puppy Bowl is, right. like what is Puppy Bowl? Apologies to the two of you who've never heard of <laughs> Puppy Bowl in your audience. No, but a lot of people haven't. And I love people's reactions when I describe Puppy Bowl who have never heard Puppy Bowl before. They're like, oh, it sounds interesting. It's a miniaturized football game that is played on a field that's about 20 feet long. Every single one of our players is an adoptable puppy. They must be adoptable. The three requirements are adoptable between three months and six months of age and adorable, of course. We also try to represent a lot of different breeds. And then we play games, football, quote unquote football, because it's like take a chew toy into an end zone and that counts as a touchdown. (laughs) That's all of our rules. The rest of it is me trying to invent fouls, invent penalties, uh, keep order and be their spokesperson because, you know, these little guys don't have somebody to speak for them and they're all trying to get adopted. By the time we air on February 3rd, we shoot it in October. That's no secret. And it takes a long time to edit it because it does take a full week to shoot the puppy bowl. It's a lot of elements, plus a pregame, plus a postgame, plus the dog bowl and all these other things that we're involved with. I'm a producer this year, so it's an extra sort of thing on my plate, which I'm very happy for, but intensifies my job. And by the time we air, 100% of the dogs do get adopted so it's it's a pretty feel-good moment so talk us through that week yeah the week of shooting in october is well the week of shooting in october uh doesn't just happen it begins in the summer so we start getting it used to be us having to approach local shelters to get you know when this started 15 years ago it was like let's just throw it up as a lark let's just see what happens no one's gonna watch it everyone's watching the super bowl let's just see what happens if we throw i don't know adoptable dogs and see what happens and then it kind of grew like that every every year but now shelters come to us. So now it's almost an embarrassment of riches every year because now we have so many people that send us submissions, um, people that groups we've never heard of, but it's wonderful to see all these rescues and shelters from across the country and internationally coming to us being like, what about this dog? What about this dog? So we have them all up on a board, like the board that's behind me here in the studio. And you may have seen the boards with headshots and casting directors. Yeah, except they're headshots of puppies. And we're looking at it going, are there enough whites, enough tans, spotted, long-haired, short hairs? Oh, too many doxies, take one doxy out. And then on and on and on and on. We try to rep different sizes. So we start first quarter of the puppy bowl, there are four quarters, (laughs) with the small breeds, the little toy breeds come out first. When I say toy, we are nothing like a dog show, okay? We're the opposite of a dog show. We are untrained and proud of it. So the first for first quarter is small breeds and onwards we go till we get to the Great Danes and the Sheepdogs in the fourth quarter. And that's just chaos. But I love it. The reason I love it is because the toy breeds, you can fit 15 of them on the stage at any one time. 
the larger breeds, it's like, whoa, we can't quite do 15 great large dogs in here. So now suddenly there's six or seven only at once. And it's a lot easier for me to control. So from a management point of view, I like it better. But to answer your question, it's really easy. And it begins in the summer when we start getting all of our submissions, all of our headshots, all of our info. And some of the headshots are like newborn litters because you got to think, again, the timeline is very important. Three to six months of age. So if we're getting submissions in July, they're about three months by the time we shoot in October. So you're getting newborn puppies. And sometimes you have to guess like, well, what's that puppy going to look like in three months? You know, we do have a lot of great dog experts who work at Animal Planet. We're also, I mean, very carefully watched by the Humane Society and we have vets on staff. So everything is, is pretty carefully curated. So by the time we shoot in October, we've got a good sense as to what these dogs are going to look like. That said, when they all show up on game day, game week, there's a hundred plus of them with their handlers. The handlers are just beautiful volunteers from the shelters who travel far and wide to come to Puppy Bowl in New York. And they do get checked again by the vet. We make sure they have at least some basic shots because, you know, even though some of them may be not spayed or neutered, we want them to be safe and we make sure how they socialize before they get on that field. What's even more fascinating, I tell people, than the puppy bowl itself is the holding area for puppy bowl. The cutest it's thing in the four world. four times the size. Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> it's all times. these corrals. <laughs> they divide them by size and literally they just, it's little puppy play groups that are about <laughs> to go on stage. And they're like, mm. and sometimes it's really tragic when one guy just doesn't quite get along with the others and there's a safety issue. And you're like, sorry, buddy, you're benched. But that's the game. And we do try to show as many as possible. Even the guys that are benched, we call them our like our substitute players and stuff. We try to at least show them on the bench. So there's like a camera shot of them. Because again, the goal is the same, get them adopted, right? So that's the puppy bowl in a nutshell. How selective is the process? How many apply? How many are chosen? Every dog that we have, I currently am holding a foster puppy right now. <laughs> Not part of Puppy Bowl, just my current foster. But And I was pointing at her. For every one of these that I'm pointing at dogs, we have a litter that they're a part of. So you've got to multiply every dog by like, you know, in some cases, four or five, six, depending brothers and sisters. And that's how quickly you'll swap them out. Like, oh, this litter is adorable, but we can't use that one. He's brown. We'll use a white one. But even um, of the litters, you don't take every litter that applies. Right. So even that, there's even litters that we can just say we have to say no to. So I would say if, if there's 100. So this year we have 93 puppies participating in Puppy Bowl. We probably have between five and 700 submissions. Wow. And those are from reputable places that we've trusted and worked with before. And then there's the randoms that come out of the woodwork, too. So it really is wonderful. And we wish we could have 10 puppy bowls or, you know, puppy ice skating, puppy puppy soccer. Let's, yeah, are let's, there plans to expand to other All year sports? long. One year they tried puppy winter Olympics. It didn't go so great. I'm a big fan of just taking the puppy bowl format. We're starting to do it with dog bowls. So now, like... Highlight the puppies. We all know puppies get adopted pretty quickly, especially yeah. if they're cute. So we say now that the puppies get adopted, it's like, uh, of course they would have been because they're amazing. Just look at them. The dogs, the older ones are the heart. So now we have Dog Bowl, which airs the night before. And that, of course, deals with our senior dogs and our adult dogs. Uh, we're trying to showcase as many special needs dogs as possible. And I'm a big advocate of the fostering angle for a lot of people who are maybe don't have the time. In my case, I don't have necessarily the time to fully commit to a dog. I travel so much. Fostering for me is the best choice. So I'd like to do a foster bowl. Yeah. You know, How often I, do you foster? I, every month I've got a new really? foster. Yeah. And they sometimes they go quick. You know, some fosters go amazingly quickly. You have them and then two days later, they found somebody. Some of them take six weeks. Some of them take two months. We had a really tough one in December. And you keep it the entire time or? She lives with me and, and you know, yeah, he or she, it's mostly she's. But yeah, they live with me and 
I take care of them. And because, again, my wife has a really crazy schedule. She's a special ed teacher and deals with special needs kids all the time. And yeah, you know, my kids are useless. So really for me to be home is the most important thing. So it's kind of funny. It allows me, I, I initially started this many years ago, fostering as a way to like learn about the breeds. I'm not learning about breeds. They're all mixes. So everything, I'm like, I don't know, Jack Russell, Chihuahua, Dachshund, maybe? <laughs> uh, so I'm not learning about breeds, I'm, but I am learning a lot about house training. So a couple of years old. an expert trainer now? No, I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, not above novice somewhere, intermediate. Where do you find the foster dogs? Everywhere. Um, again, I started working with Sato because, I don't know, I just, I think I have an affinity for Puerto Rico. My family is from, is Ben, I, they're immigrants. They, I was born here, but my family's from South America. So I was, I always went to Puerto Rico and always had a, I don't know, weird kinship with that, with that territory. Your mom's from Puerto Rico. Your mother is from Puerto yeah. Rico? I had no idea. Is she still there? <laughs> no, she's here now. Oh, she wonderful. was born there. <laughs> That's amazing. 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 You should, yeah, check out Sato Project because they do amazing work down there. For those who don't know, uh, Puerto Rico has a place called Dead Dog Beach. It's a sadly named place, but it is an accurately named place because people just abandon their dogs there like this little pumpkin and they will rescue them, you know, and get these planes amazingly donated and ship them to the U.S. And people say, well, why? You know what? There's 500,000 stray dogs in Puerto Rico at the moment. 500,000. Wrap your head around that. And a territory that's the size of Connecticut. And it has the population the size of Connecticut, of dogs. That's what's so insane right now. We need to find them a home or at the very least give them a chance. And the Sado dogs are, are great because they're small. They're good apartment dogs. They're good city dogs. They adapt quickly. They hate the cold, but this one's going to get used to that pretty quick. And Rude awakening. It's going to be okay. So I started with Sado about five, six years ago. And then um, I quickly realized that I couldn't just highlight one rescue with Foster. So now they understand, even though I've... I'd become like their ambassador and done a lot of work for on their behalf. They understand that I have to spread the love and I can't just be with them and pushing them all the time. So really all of them, hearts and bones, muddy paws, every, every social tease, all of them, all of them. I've worked with all of them and hope to continue to. And how did you start with the puppy ball? I've always been a broadcaster of sorts. Like I've always hosted on some level. Once I graduated college, I worked for MTV and I did their billboards, which is like MTV's Beach House is brought to you by whatever they were peddling, Sprite, 7-Up. So I that eventually got me into VOs and then into the other side of the camera. And I worked for HGTV. This is the quick version of it. HGTV as a host on a show called Curb Appeal for three years. And then that led to, and I knew nothing about renovation, but I was like, sure, I can renovate. That turned into a show called Beer Money, which was on SNY, which is the sports network here in New York. It's a Mets-centered, Mets and Jets-centered sports network here in New York City. And I was their trivia guy. And that's how I got into oh. trivia. Yes, yes, yes. See, it all comes full circle. And I did sports trivia. And then I got into Animal Planet because I have always loved dogs and they, I auditioned for this job just like any other, but it wasn't for Puppy Bowl. It was for a wacky show called Your Pet Wants That. All those like newfangled cool pet products were just starting to hit the market when people were just starting to be like, oh, I should spend extra of my income on dogs, on my dog. Because it's still relatively, I don't need to tell you, new yeah. phenomenon. People like, yeah. So, Wait, tell us more about that show. That sounds super interesting. It's it's there on YouTube. I did two or three versions of it. They were one hour specials, but it was like, here's a machine that will play fetch with your dog while you're away at work. Here's a camera that you can attach to your- They're like infomercials? Or? No, it was just straight up like, hey, it's Christmas time, guys. Here's some great ideas. 
If you're shopping for your pets this Christmas, here are some great things Got that it. you should okay. try. Here's an automatic kitty litter changer. Here's a, but it did feel like an infomercial. It's very presentational and very like, but it was me literally trying these gadgets out. And it was called Your Pet Wants This. And then the sequel was called Your Pet Wants That. And then the other sequel was Your Pet Wants <laughs> This Too. No, it was like the most uncreative thing. Sorry, Animal Planet. <laughs> we love you. So. Thankfully, though, it got me in the door, at least got them, me on their radar, because at the same time, their puppy bowl person, who had just been, I think, just an intern, who had just stood there like a statue while they were having the puppies play, but not really active or engaged, was leaving. And um, so they were like, we actually need somebody, to, a host, to actually take over this job who can also be a spokesperson. So I was like, oh, I think I can do that, much like the home renovation. I'm like, I know, I know how to put up drywall. I know how to <laughs> officiate dogs, and I do it all the time. Of course, it's the most random, ridiculous job prospect ever, right? Like, how do you describe that? And they're like, well, do you have any video? I'm like, of course I do. Left uh, the Discovery Studios, ran to New York City Dog Parks, my sister's house <laughs> out in Long Island who has doxies um, near where I grew up. Uh, just the most, and I cobbled together this two minute, I'll send you that too. Yeah, I knew This that. two minute audition video of like, why I should be the puppy boy. And it was confessional MTV style, like, listen, I think I need to be the world's <laughs> next because blah, 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 right? And I would do like cuts of like, me being a great official of animals. But of course it was ridiculous because no one had ever done this job before. They bought it and uh, I got this job. And now when I got this job, it was just like any other gig. Like I still was hosting the trivia show and I was still doing voiceovers and commercials. I was the, I was a spokesperson for Scott Towles, like the Scott, like Scott Towles decided for two wacky years to have a person be Scott of Scott Towels. That was me. So my face was plastered on toilet paper. So again, the jokes are endless here, endless. My wife would like send me pictures, like look what I found in the CVS, your face on toilet paper. That is a wonderful thing because for guys like me, uh, hosting and stuff like that doesn't necessarily pay every single one of the bills and living in New York City is very expensive. That allowed me to really like make a life here in Manhattan, have my kids here, you know, raise them, do all the things I dreamed about doing. So that was all happening. So Animal Plant was just one other thing. I was like, great, crazy, let's do it. Let's add it to the pie. And then nine years later, it is the pie. Nine years later, it is the big job. And sometimes, I'm sure you guys can relate, like the littlest thing that you may not think more, much of when it begins winds up being the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, that's, that's been my experience. So um, in my ideas, in my mind, it combines all of my great ideas. It combines all the things that I've always, my love of sports. And yes, they are playing sports. It's edited sports, but it's, you know, trivia because I have a trivia component that I do every single week. Um, and of course, you know, animals and hosting and broadcasting and all the stuff that I love to do. But most importantly, we continue to grow every single year. So, so to be a part of something that continues to grow and have an impact on, you know, this country and internationally, because we have international dogs as well this year. I have to remember to say that Costa Rica and Mexico. I think- uh, Why Costa Rica and Mexico? Because Costa Rica has a dog sanctuary called Zaguatis. You should look it up. It's incredible, you've heard of it. It turns out they literally, it's just this, goes on forever, these like grassy mountains in, in Costa Rica and they just let every stray dog just live there. But they live in wonderful peace and harmony. But you go there and it's like, remember that scene in Sound of Music when Maria's just like, the hills are alive. <laughs> She's like twirling around in the mountains. Like that's how you feel. You're just twirling around in these mountains with these dogs. I did not go, but many people from Animal Planet have gone and shot it. We have a dog from there represented. It's an interesting take on stray dogs. Like instead of trying to fight it, you just embrace it, right? But they do invite people to come and adopt these literally thousands of dogs that just live in like these blissful harmony. Interesting, interesting things. Zaguatis, if you want to look it up. I don't know, it's just really satisfying. <laughs> as you can tell. What is one of the craziest things that's happened at Puppy Bowl? 
I have so many. Um, my very first, no, it wasn't my first year. It was my third year. So people initially think that the craziest thing is like dogs pooping on the field. And I have to always qualify with that with like, no. We were talking about this earlier, Lonnie, like the same talking points come up over and over again in my interviews. And so it's not poop or pee for those that are, that are wondering, because <laughs> again, that happens all the time. We have an amazing cleanup crew. The wackiest things are the things that are unpredictable, the things that you never could have seen coming. Just when you think you figured out what puppies playing football looks like, something new will happen literally in the moment that week. So every year there tends to be something different. Three years into it, I had a dog rip my sock off. But when I say rip, because I was wearing the old school ref socks, not the ones that now I wear longer pants, but I used to wear socks that went up to your knees, right? And the dog ripped, but I don't mean just pulled it down. I mean like shredded it in two. Her name was Ginger. <laughs> she was a dog? sheep dog. And obviously we had to stop down and we made the jokes about wardrobe malfunction because I think the Janet Jackson thing had only happened a couple <laughs> or two, a year or two prior. Um, that was amazing. And again, you know, like, what do you do? Oh, you set her back five inches. That's your penalty, bad dog, but it's adorable, you know? And then nine years into it, like suddenly one day a dog went boop, kicked your ball into the end zone. And we were like, oh, like the heavens opened up. The directors, <laughs> I could hear them in my ear because I have an IFP thing. They were all like, that's amazing, oh my God. So those are the really cool moments. Double touchdowns, we allow them now. So like if the rules are very loose, like it doesn't matter which end zone you go in. We're just praying for a touchdown, but we've had simultaneous touchdowns, like dog here, dog there on the other side. And we're like, <laughs> score, they both win the point. They both get it. You know, it's it's nice to see like the rules growing and then the endless, endless amount of penalties and ways that we can say like, you know, fouling of the field or roughing the passer or illegal formation. I mean, I have literally a list of five. Just get a notebook where you just write them all down. Yeah, <laughs> and I try to recycle, to not recycle them, I should say. That's your, what are your favorite terms? So I'm back to loving the, the pee and poo. I know that I shouldn't because again, nine years, like how many more ways? But I realize, you know, the Eskimos have 50 different words for snow. They have words for hard snow, soft snow. Am I boring you, doggy? They have 50, you know, like hard snow, uh, wet snow, you know, slimy snow, snow that's good to build igloos with, snow that's good to sled on. So I have like 50 different ways of saying pooping on the field, right? All right, let's go. So I don't know, I'm not gonna live <laughs> But like there is fouling the field, there's roughing the passer, there's roughing the pisser, there's turd and long, there's turd and inches, there's tinkle on the 20 and so forth. The fresh ones are the, uh, like turd and long, tinkle on the 20, um, because those, those are the ones that are like, you know, after a couple of years, I'm like, of course, of course, why didn't I think of that? So I'll invite your audience and anybody, if you've got more ways to say poop on the field, that's cute and punny, send them my way. I will shout you out. I will give you all the praise and credit you deserve. What's the best way for them to send you these? Just find me, at, find me online. And now thankfully you don't even have to look up my name, which is hard to spell. You can just look up Puppy Bull Ref on Insta and I pop right up. So thank so you. DM Bull all those poop and pee. Just <laughs> DM straight to Puppy Bull Ref. I will get them. And if I like them, I will shout them out. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. Um, it's It's been fun because it allows me to be creative in a very specific way. With, with every passing year, uh, to me, the poop stuff, the pee stuff doesn't get less funny. It gets more interesting. But the, on the, this is interesting. On the director's side of it, as they're producing the show, they're like, we're gonna cut that part out. My contention is that if it's puppy ball, we should show all the aspects of having puppies, right? Like even when they nap on the sidelines, they don't show that too much. It's adorable. The puppies have this long tunnel that they come into, right? From the locker room and half of them are asleep. You don't see it, but half of them are literally just snoozing in that tunnel. Like, when do you get them out? 
I leave them there. Like, I'm like, they're puppies being puppies. I don't need more dogs on the field. I got plenty. If I were running Puppy Bowl, it would be a little crazier. It'd definitely be dirtier, but it'd be more real. And at the end, it'd be like a PSA. I'd be like, so listen, friends, if you want to adopt a dog, here's what you got to deal with. Um, you know, full disclosure. I'm all for it. So what's new this year in Puppy Bowl? Oh, yeah. So it is our 15th year. We're trying to be bigger and better than ever. So between... Puppy Bowl and Dog Bowl, we have 160 dogs total. Dog Bowl airs the night before. It's highlights seniors and um, adult rescues. So is it have, the same activity is happening in Dog Bowl? Same or? activity. Okay. We may as well just be hanging out in my living room with four dogs. It's pretty chill. And they're dogs, so they're not so toy motivated. They're older dogs. They're not so toy motivated. You know, in some cases, not even food motivated. So it's a little bit trickier to get them to actually do some action. So we gave up that fight. We're just going to, like, highlight them. And again, so... Uh, similar to Puppy Bowl, as many different breeds as possible. Um, we have special needs in there. We also have dogs that may have traveled, you know, great distances, maybe come from a neglected house or some neglectful situation. So we try to showcase as many different types as possible. Dog Bowl is bigger and better than ever. We are bigger and better than ever. My trip to Puerto Rico is documented as well. You're going to see me go down to Puerto Rico to this really sadly named Dead Dog Beach, find uh, Bella, who was my foster during the Puppy Bowl shooting. So basically the whole month of October, I had a foster named Bella, who I was fortunate enough to find on the beach down there. And she did really well in Puppy Bowl. Did she score touchdowns? No. It's good that the ref's dog doesn't score touchdowns. Uh, and yeah, man, so those are the new elements. We have the Kitty Halftime Show, like always, which is Adoptable Cats. Uh, performing this year as a riff on what's going on in the other big game. We have, um, instead of Perun five, Maroon 5, we have Perun 5. Instead of Adam Levine, it's Adam Philine. We always have some sort of little joke on what's going on in the real. You know, we had Kitty Gaga years ago. Whatever's going on in the real game, we try to reflect that in ours. So um, it's a pretty cool thing because, again, the, the cats are all adoptable. We have um, mascots for each team. So we have porcupines. We have uh, mm -hmm. capybaras which if you don't know what they are, they're giant guinea pigs, basically. And we have kangaroos. We also have Serge the hamster, uh, as always, running his little wheel trivia and powering question. the scoreboard. It was a former trivia question. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Lonnie, for coming. And, <laughs> and losing also, again. <laughs> Lonnie looks at it like she loses a trivia. Side I lose note. by one point every single she's time. She's close, but she's coming in second place in when there's like 20 teams and she's in second place. Still losing. Still disappointed. <laughs> Still disappointed. Wins a prize. Still disappointed. We'll get you to the top. So yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty cool. You host trivia every week on Thursdays at Boris and Horton. How did that happen? I think this is my my true calling. Like as I said, I started off doing trivia um, with. I'm a big. Okay, let's go back. I'm a big sports junkie, like real human sports, animal did you play sports. sports. We're still trying to baseball. Growing up, so I played baseball. I coach little league. I love it and. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those really satisfying things that I'm able to now, of course, pass on to my kids, which is really great. So sports trivia has always been something important to me. So when I was able to host the show, I wrote a lot of the questions myself and it was really fun. For those who don't know what beer money was, I would go to bars, offer people a hundred bucks if they answered correct trivia questions. That was it, totally random, guerrilla style, but uh, we had a good time. So when Puppy Bowl came, I was always telling them like, listen, if you have me do press, I shouldn't just be there with an, I mean, it is fine to have me, this is adorable, but like, let's do stuff. Let's interact with the host. So I would start to go on Kathy and Hoda and you can definitely find those clips. Um, and I would do dog trivia with them. So every time I'd go on with Kathy and Hoda, I'd do dog trivia and that would just grow and grow and grow and become a thing. So Boris and Horton, which is New York City's uh, dog friendly cafe down in the East Village in my neighborhood, uh, I'd gone there just as a fan when they opened. I was like, God bless you. Goodbye. They were like, we know you do the, you know, we know you're part of Puppy Bowl. Would you ever consider hosting a trivia night for me? And I'm like, oh my God, where did you people come from? I had been looking for a space to do this in or some other venue to do it in. So now we have a weekly 
residency, whatever blame term you want to apply to it. But I'm there every, every Thursday night at around 7.30. And the best thing about it is that all of our proceeds, every single one of them, go towards a particular different rescue or shelter every single week. We are running out of rescue. So in addition to poop puns, if you guys have rescues, and, and seriously, that they are worthy of getting a, a, a benefit done for them, a charity done for them, please send them my way as well. We will use them. We may not use them next week, but we'll use them seven weeks from now, I promise. So our proceeds benefit the shelters. We do about thir- three rounds and we, we give them a, a prize, which is usually donated. It's pretty exciting and it grows every single week. For me, living in this community, I've been in the East Village slash Stytown community for almost God, 18 years. And for me, I have never seen this community so tight as I have now with this dog cafe. I'm not saying that that is the one thing. Dogs in general bring people together. I don't need to tell you guys that. Like that's what you're building your business on and I couldn't agree more. But to see it every week in the flesh and not virtually, because we live so much of our lives digitally, to see it there and to see the community come every week and it grows and it grows. And the Christmas one was huge because we benefited like four shelters and you know everybody was so generous. It's, it's really a lovely thing. If you're in New York City, come Thursday, 7.30, Participate. The questions are not hard. I mean, you know, if Lonnie can get second place, anybody (laughs) can. I'm kidding. She's a genius. Yeah, we encourage you to come. My eventual goal with it is to continue to grow it. So I just love the sort of like, um, they call it, I'm sure you know this term, like profit with a purpose or cause marketing. You know, just when you're doing something that you really feel strongly about, but it has this sort of other component that um, brings even more people into it that's charity-based, and that's what I mostly love about it. And the owner of Boris and Horton, Copy Holtzman, I guess made his career doing this stuff, and he really knows more about it than me, but he's kind of designing it so it, it can be this like living thing. And our goal eventually is to get it get it online. You know, Let's make it an Insta story that every Thursday, the, not just the group there, the 80 people there, but like the entire world can kind of tune in. Yeah, like HQ, HQ trivia for dogs, but with the charity component. So that's the eventual goal. We'll get there. We'll get there. Where do you find your questions? My brain. Literally, I will. I, <laughs> Where should I be studying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it used to be the internet, but after 17 weeks of this, do the math, 30 questions. Like we've, we're literally running out of interesting internet questions or I'm seeing the same questions pop up all the time and I don't want to recycle them. So now it is like, I've got to get Zen and clear my mind and be like, okay, what questions are gonna, what have I always wondered about dogs? And that's it, or it's found moments. It's moments the other night when my, uh, well, my kid, the dog had its its foot in its mouth. And, uh, you know, my kid was like, can the dog choke on its own foot? I'm like, let's look it up, you know, and I'll never use that. But those little like interesting life moments that pop up, you know, I try to research them and eventually they do lead to trivia. Yeah, you know, so I just cook them up now in my own brain. Or I make up fake movie titles and I'm like, is this real or fake? Black Panther, Winnie the Poodle. Like, is that real? Raiders of the Lost Bark. I can go on. The Wolf of Wall Street. So it's fun and it's it's something that I just hope, you know, continues to grow. I did do PetCon. I love doing it with you guys. I was the agility MC, I guess. To be honest, I went into it like, okay, this is new. And, but with a fully open mind, but knowing much like everything else, home remodeling, <laughs> officiating dogs. But the people that I met, uh, Chrissy, Joy, and um, Positive Development, Amber, though they were incredible women. And the work that they do is fascinating to me. It was something I'd never really studied or looked at before, because again, I've only dealt with untrained dogs. So it was an eye opener for me and I do appreciate that. It was fun. You're gonna come to LA with us in the spring. 
Yeah, are we doing agility or trivia or how about a combo of agility trivia? We should do a combo. Let's get crazy. We'll quiz the dogs. How smart are you? Yeah, you jump through that hoop, but how many bones do you have in your body? And is it more than humans? The answer is yes. We can do that for the human and the dog. Can It can be like a duo. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think we should do that for All LA. Right. All right, pitch meeting done. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Excited to watch Pet Bee Well this weekend. Yes, as am I. I'll be resting soundly on my couch. Just happy and satisfied and exhausted. That was Dan Shackner, referee of the Puppy Bowl on Animal Planet. To keep up with Dan, follow Dan Shackner on Instagram and make sure to watch the Puppy Bowl on Animal Planet this Sunday at 3 p.m. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. Talk soon.